Listen here, Anthony. You need to mind your damn business. You need to mind your goddamn business. Of course. <laughs> Look, I ain't out doing drugs. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not. I'm not part of a street gang. All right, I'm not part of the street youths. Okay. All I right. I think it would have been better if you were. It's, it's still wholesome. It's very popular right now. Uh huh. You know. Uh huh. Just how much? Look. <laughs> Okay, there's a fair amount. <laughs> there's, a, there's a there's a there's a fair amount. It's in the Oh my god. Yeah. Okay. Dude. Yeah. Oh my god. Ghost stories. Ghost stories. God damn it, I love ghost stories. It's so good. All right, ready? Yep. Hold on. Uh, in five, <clears throat> four, three, two. What's up, everybody? This is the Red Band Podcast, your source for all film and TV-related news and topics. I'm your host, Anthony King. And as usual, sitting to my left is my co-host, Adrian. And of course, sitting across from us in the control room is our big man, the technical director, my cards. I never know which actual uh, title. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm, 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 I'm going to flip it up every yes. time. Like, you know that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah at this point, you're you're like your own. You're like a rapper. Like, you're going to have like, <laughs> you know, Big Mike, a.k.a. Big Nasty, a.k.a. The TD, a.k.a. You know, it's going to be the yeah. whole long name. Just this fucking. <laughs> Just keep adding it. Then we're going to go back to the original, you know. Your actual real name. Just oh, yeah. Mike. <laughs> Just Mike. <laughs> <laughs> Detective director, Mike. At some like, point, it's going to be a Joseph in there. Like, wait, what? <laughs> what the fuck? What the hell? Well, how are you guys doing tonight? Oh, uh, you know, happy Black History Month. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. We're getting to the end of it, man. Yep. Yeah. The end of Black History Month. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, it's only necessary, deem it necessary to... Uh, dedicate this podcast to a form of black history oh uh, yeah we, we wanted to save it for the last you know at the end of it because there's always all the other films that came out for this month and then mm-hmm. valentine's day so we wanted to make at least the last podcast for this month dedicated yeah. just to black history month the totality you know how yep you know black people get the shortest month out of the year <laughs> hey you you got a month okay. that is true we do have a month motherfucker yes. we got a week yeah yeah, yeah. All right. week, and I don't even know which week it is. I know. I never <laughs> I, remember. I, I never remember either. No. I really don't. Cinco de Mayo don't count. No, that's <laughs> that's a made-up holiday, and I will fight that one. <laughs> Take that to your great motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, there's there has been. I mean, black filmmakers have been in American film history. Yes, mm-hmm. for a very long time now. Yeah, and. You can even say since the beginning, but they haven't even really been shown through the limelight to the front spotlight until like what? Like I'll say what? The 40s, 50s? I mean, it depends on the era. I mean, it's Mm -hmm. unfortunately comes down to the audience itself. Yeah. As for mainstream, Mm -hmm. probably like the 50s. Mm -hmm. That's when it really hit like, you know, I mean, there were movies out, of course, like during the 30s. But during the like the 50s, it's when you had the whole, you know, Actually, forefront. Mm-hmm. So when well, let's let's go to like a little history. So we'll start this off with like 
the pretense, the early history of, you know, African-American filmmaking. Yeah. Yes. So when, when did this first kick off, would you say? Um, actually, it started off technically. I mean, there's a couple of big, like, first. Yeah. But there is, like, the first black uh, production company, mm-hmm. which was called Lincoln Motion Pictures Company. Uh, in 1929, I believe. 1929. Wow. Oh, sorry. No, no. Way before that. I'm sorry. I'm, I got the wrong dates. Uh, first movie, 1916. Really? Yes. 19, the name but, of the movie was 1916? No, no, no. That's when the first oh. one, Realization of the Negro Ambition. Hmm. And what was it called, though? Company? Uh, the company? Yeah. Oh, sorry. Uh, Lincoln Motion Picture Company. Founded in 1916. Oh man, 1916. Oh, yes. you're talking about the uh, the railroad porter. That's the name of the movie. Um, that, or that was the first that was the first movie that like black people were introduced in film. No, no, this was like their first as a production wise at that. Are they you made, sure? Yes. Mm-hmm. The reporter was Virginia Lance Company, 1912. The first film with an all black cast. No, 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 all black cast. But this is a black company. <clears throat> oh, black company. I'm talking. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yes. So I'm seeing the filmography here for Lincoln is uh, the realization of a Negro's ambition, uh, the law of nature. The Trooper of Company K, A Man's Duty, and By Right of Birth. Yes. This was the first company itself mm-hmm. that was what was considered colored pictures, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's, or race movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, unfortunately, they had their own se- segregated uh, film. Everything back then was segregated. Everything. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Everything yes. was like, you know. But yes, um, they essentially start off just to stop the whole slapstick comedy of, you know, stereotypes mm-hmm. of, you know, of black people in movies. Yeah. That's what their attempt was. Um, not sure what happened after the company, you know, unfortunately it, time. Yeah. Colla- it probably collapsed. Cause I mean, with the, it only showed, was it that five movies? Yes. It yeah. only showed five movies. Yes. So I wouldn't doubt that it probably went under because the, uh, there was, there were, I want to guess that probably there was a number of like walls or, or individuals that like would intentionally bl- block these movies being shown. Yes. I mean, it is, I mean, if you go through all the first of all history of filming, every single one of them, it's something that stops a, you know, a filmmaker, a writer, an actor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, that's the history of filmmaking. It's in there. It's a dark history, but mm-hmm. it is in there. Yeah. Um, that was the first production company. Uh, let's see, the first black actor. This is a long name. <laughs> oh, no, what's okay. Be? Lincoln Theodore Monroe Andrew Perry. Who? Yes. Or stage name Step and Fetch It. Oh yes. Okay. From um, yeah. uh, don't tell me. Hold on. Okay. Let's see. Don't. Uh, Song of the South. No. No. Damn it. Nope. Wrong person. No. <laughs> Step and Fetch It. Uh, started his careers in the 1930s. Okay. He. <laughs> I really hate saying this part. Okay. He had a he was on vaudeville. He had a persona as the laziest man in the world. Damn. Oh. Yes. Okay, yeah. Yes. But Eesh. he was the first he wasn't necessarily the first black actor, but the first credited black actor. Mm. Okay. Uh, and he was the first black actor to win to get not win, sorry, to get a million dollars for uh for a film career. Wow. Mm. Yes. For a million dollars. Yes. Okay. Uh but uh his career ended around 1943 sorry uh-huh. 1953 1953 it's when it ended completely did you um, say why or yes it actually says why mm-hmm. 
black Americans start seeing his uh, persona as an embarrassment and harmful mm. uh, negative stereotypes. Makes yeah. sense. He was playing like this trickster, right? Yeah, the yeah. trickster, the, uh, the, the the fool. Yeah, mm-hmm. the dancing, the yes. uh, the comedic. The bumbling idiot. Yeah. Yes, yeah. that was just pretty much his whole thing. Yeah, I can uh, see that. And it's kind of right now in the air, you know, it's kind of, he's a controversial person because it's, some people say he was the very first allowed the doors to open. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Then you have the other people say, no, he was just, an, you know, he pushed just a stereotype. Yeah. yeah. He pushed a stereotype on film and just, you know, spread that, uh, sorry, spread that stereotype even further. Even further. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So even though he was the first black man to be on. Credited film. Credited film. Yes. His appearances that made him wealthy was less than, I guess. Ideal. I guess. I, yeah. yeah. Less than ideal as to what black people are actually betrayed as yeah yeah you know portrayed not betrayed sorry yes as portrayed whereas this one was like i'm guessing i'm one of his roles he was probably like the homeless guy mm-hmm. the uh homeless no funny no guy, he was always the, the bumbling weird he was always like the uh the caretaker uh but he was like the bumbling idiot um there's one clip that i saw of him that he was like they're talking about like a coffin and he's like mumbling over his words and he's scared of it Mm-hmm. And they're just making fun of him in the process. Oh, you know that guy. I see. The, the yeah, less like, intelligent oh, person, you know. Yeah, <laughs> of of low, yeah, of yeah. low intelligence, mm-hmm. of just a very low class. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So like I said, unfortunately, he did. You know, a lot of people saw him as pushing the stereotypes, but if you look at the context of at the time, yeah. unfortunately, I mean, it's not much options as for what a person could as role wise. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it makes it really hard, especially for like black films and black filmmakers to get away from those stereotypes in films. It's been going on since like the, yeah. like we're showing like in the earlier days, even nowadays, how hard it is for black people to get away from like the whole hood stereotypes. Yes, mm-hmm. where it is. any it's, type of person or a black person makes any film make like. Oh, yeah. Their film. first appearance. Yeah. Like, it always has to be some type of like hood or ghetto type of film. I mean, look at Terry Crews. Mm-hmm. Terry Crews now. Yeah. But like, if you look in his early days, he was in uh, Training Day. Yeah, yeah, he was a game member. Mm-hmm. And looking at him in Training Day to where he, where he is now, yeah. looking back and seeing him in Training Day, it's really awkward. Yeah, like he doesn't. Yeah, he's big and buff, but he does not <laughs> like knowing him today. Mm-hmm. He just does not carry that type of weight. Like, yeah, I could see him as like like a game. You got used to his personality. How actually his personality is really is. So he's not menacing or scary. Like an actual, you know, real ruthless gang member. Yeah. No. (laughs) Yeah. But I said, it's unfortunately, um, you know, one thing that we do see in history of filmmaking is stereotypes kind of just, you know, I said in the beginning, 1930s, I'm sorry, even that, sorry, 19, was it 19, 18, 18, 1800s. Well, when that's when he was doing vaudeville. So even then as well, Mm -hmm. um, Oh no, he was born in 1902. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, early filmmaking, early film uh, stereotypes still being spread across the entire film yeah. history. So I mean, the options of of a film career and versatility or flexibility of what a, a black person could be in film wasn't quite there yet. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, at some point, we're. I mean, we can now we can look back and we can recognize a lot of notable and influential black filmmakers today. Yes. It's like Mike, like I'm pretty sure we both, we all have like a list of filmmakers and stuff like that, that we think it's, you know, incredibly influential to the entire film industry. Like what, what what can you think of 
for some filmmakers for you, Mike. I mean, as uh, one particular actor that comes to mind always mm-hmm. is, and he's always, and even in our house, he's a family favorite mm-hmm. on that one, is Sidney Poitier. Oh, yeah, classic. Yes, classic. Not just because, I mean, he was a great actor, mm-hmm. but I mean, the films that led him to become iconic. The man did almost, he did like 274 films. So many. But four films especially are ones that he's most notably known for. Yeah. You know. What are they? You have, um, oh my gosh, I just had, you had uh, The Raisin in the Sun. <laughs> okay. Raisin in the Sun, obviously, Lilies of the Field, uh, The Defiant Ones, and Guess Who's Coming to Dinner. Oh, on yeah. On those ones. Yeah. Uh, but because those films were so... If the reason they stand out the most is because he tended to want to focus extremely on the racism yeah. of it, of well, his reality. It he, wasn't. He wanted to bring up subject matter at a time where no one wanted to bring that up. Yeah. Yeah. No one wanted to bring it up. And he wasn't afraid to do it. He exactly. was like, yeah, this exists. I'm not going to shy away from it. Mm-hmm. And it shows a lot of it, especially in the heat of the night. I don't know if you saw that one, Adrian. Heat of the night. In the heat of the night. I recommend it. If you've never seen in the heat, in the heat of the night... I recommend it. He plays a black detective in, I think it was Louisiana, Mississippi. Oh no, wait, somewhere in the in the deep rural South. It's like Georgia or somewhere around there. Yeah, somewhere around in the deep rural South, and he is just on his way home before he gets mistaken identity and blamed for almost blamed for a murder he didn't commit. And obviously, he's a police officer. He's a detective at that, and his chief in New York pretty much tells him to assist the cops of that local area to assist with this murder. And so it becomes a, a weird partnership, Mississippi. Yeah. It becomes a weird partnership between obviously a, a very racist town and this one black detective where almost both of them are slightly prejudiced of each other. Mm -hmm. Where even Sidney Poitier is like, I'm not prejudiced, but it's like, well, Obviously, he is mm-hmm. to a certain degree, and it's understandable to why he would be prejudiced and why he would do it. And one scene in particular, one suspect they go in is this rich white man, almost like ex plantation. He definitely comes from old money, plantation money, and he's asking him questions if he was involved in the murder. And the the rich guy slaps Sidney Poitier with like with like famous a bat, slap, the, the famous yeah. like slaps him as like. Like, don't you talk to me like that. As soon as he does that, Sidney Poitier slaps the shit out of him back. <laughs> that's the first time, right? That's the like, very first, first time, time that was ever screen. seen on screen. Yeah. A black man slapping the shit out of a white Striking man. Striking back. Wow. And it was like, yo, like. Yo, mess. That's that's one thing to talk back to someone, but that was uh, it's, it was completely another thing. But I mean, entirely, it also wasn't his first time striking at a at a white man also it was also in the defiant ones as well but Mm -hmm. he's an he's an ex-con chained to like a white ex-con or he's a he is a prisoner chained to another prisoner who is like extremely white extremely racist and they have no and they end up escaping together because they end up chained together and they get into a fight obviously they both fight each other but the the slap though from (laughs) in the heat of the night resonated much more higher than that fight scene because it was just it was, it was an intense conversational scene so yes. you're like you're really drawn into the heat of the argument yeah and even the the even the rich guys looking at the uh the chief of that town i was like you see you see what he did you see what he do he's like yeah i saw it so what are you gonna do 
I don't know. Because <laughs> he's a police officer. Mm-hmm. So I was like, what are you going to do? Yeah. He's, he's stuck between a rock and a hard place. Should I arrest this guy because he's a black guy who just slapped a white man? <laughs> or respect to the fact that he just talked back to an officer, okay. struck an officer, and an officer struck him back. Yeah. Fantastic movie. Great. Fan, fantastic. You seen I got to check that one. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. in particular, one that always stands out, and God, man, I fucking love this movie, is A Raisin in the Sun. And that is a hard... You, you do talk about that one. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's a... Dad's, my dad's... He's the one who showed it to us, mm-hmm. and he loves this movie. He's like, but it's a hard watch, man. It's a hard watch. Just because it, it kind of comes not only from the black side of it, mm-hmm. but from a, a man's side of it. Okay. Of like... Not having the chance to be a family leader, to be a man, to be a husband, mm. to be a provider. Because, you know, Big Mama runs the house. Mm-hmm. So Big Mama, whatever she says is law. But like he's he's a grown ass man, but he doesn't get the chance to actually be a man, you know? Yeah. But that one, that one's a, in particular, that one would be one of the first movies to have not only an all majority black cast, but to also be written by a black writer Mm. at the time. And I think what makes that movie stand out the most is because it was one of the first of its kind to be able to do that. And for it not being nominated for an Academy Award. Yeah. That was one of the things. Well, it was common back then. It was common. Yeah. And everyone, and everyone knew it too, Mm -hmm. because even though it won, it won a Tony, it won a Tony, it won BAFTA awards. So I mean, it won other awards, but not the Oscar. Mm. So when Lilies of the Field came out, and it is a great movie, too. It's still a great family. We watch it all the time yeah. over our house. And when the Academy Award was presented to him for that, there's controversy around it regarding, like, you know what? I think they did this just because at the same time you had the, the Academy was like, oh, like, we're we're brought up now. Like, we're... We caught up to we, your we, times. We, we caught up to your times. And, he, yeah. and even Sidney Poitier, when he received it and he was interviewed after he was asked, like, do you think that we've now progressed to the point to where, you know, we've caught up with the times? Mm. And he's like, no, yeah, no, yeah, I don't think no, so. Yeah. Because I'm still the only one here. <laughs> like, I'm still the only like black actor to win uh, the first. Well, I guess technically, if we're talking historically wise, the third black actor to win best actor yeah. for an Oscar and not a supporting role. Who who were the first two? Well, you had Adrian or Adrian. You have that one. Yeah, from um, um, yeah, yeah. Gone with the Wind. Okay, yes, Hattie McDaniel. Hattie McDaniel. Yeah, yep. was the very for supporting. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, supporting uh, for Gone with the Wind. Or I have for that one like Louise Gossett Jr. Gossett was the first first African American actor to win Best Supporting Actor. First multiple. First uh-huh. time multiple African American actors can't be having conflicting facts here. I no, no, no. We're talking about, you're talking about actor or actress? Actress. Actress, because this was the very first Af- um, to win an Oscar for a supporting role. She was the very first. Okay. Actor. Yes. Okay. So, actor, we're going by. Okay. Supporting okay. actress okay. was Hattie McDaniel, which, uh, man, that's. I really. I mean, I try to give props to her as much as I can mm-hmm. because. Even though she won oh, the very yeah, first. Oh, yeah, yeah, yes. I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah. She, oh, yes, you're right. She won the very first. I mean, she been over 200 films, only credited for 83. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah sorry. During, that, was, that was a miss. Uh, that was misinformation on my part. I'm sorry. Yeah, you were. Um, it is Hattie McDaniel. Wasn't allowed to attend the screening. Yeah. Because it was a all-white theater. Yep. Um, 
wasn't allowed to attend the Oscars through the front door. Yep. Because yeah, she had they, to go through the back, right? She had to go to the back and had to be in a segregated area on top of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and even in death, uh, she wanted to be buried at the Hollywood Forever Cemetery, but at the time, the owner only wanted whites. Like, and so they had her buried at, uh, I think it's, I'm not sure what cemetery, but it's, it's in LA as well. Okay. Um, but yes, she wanted to be buried there, but they refused. Um, later on, the new owners uh, erected a memorial for her mm. in place. But yes, she was the very first actress mm-hmm. uh, for supporting role. The very first actor was, make sure I'm double checking. Mm-hmm. Oh, they gave her an honorary Academy Award. Later on. Uh, yes. Oh, uh, it was. Um, James Basket. There you go. James Basket. Mm-hmm. Yes. For Uncle Remus. Oh. Yep, Uncle Remus from Song of the South. Song of the, Song South. Of the South. Good old Disney. All right. And, old I, Disney. and we have talked about that before. So we yes. have, we have, yeah. It, yes. This has been brought up before. It's yes. the it's Disney movie that Disney has. It's the Disney movie that to, Disney tried to Disney away. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they tried to Disney can, away. But come on, give the man his credit. Yeah. Awesome. I mean, the, the, the movie yeah. itself is racist as shit. I it mean, is. You yeah. have the log ride. In <laughs> oh, no longer. No longer. No, no longer. Yeah. Oh, no, yeah, that's no gone, longer. isn't it's it? Gone. It's that, gone. Which, that's what they replace it with. I uh, think it was supposed to, it's a, it's going to be for Princess and the Frog. Yes. Okay. Yeah, but that was his legacy. Zippity doo dah. Yeah. That was his legacy right there. That was his. They should he, at least keep he won that. Academy Award. Keep that or put a plaque or something. Come on. That's what the owl yeah. for. Disney, yeah. put yeah. something out there for yeah. you. Yeah. Like, but yeah, to, okay. to do that, to have it cut away yeah. like that. And I, and I get Disney wants to separate themselves, I mean, from that movie oh. but i mean to, to say like to to separate to the point to where you just totally gloss over the fact that this man won an academy award mm-hmm. is essentially erasing yeah adrian said it's it before racing history racing history, history. You're just trying mm-hmm. to erase yeah. it which was attempted with the song of the south i'm not sorry yes. yeah no 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 sorry not song of the, um the, we just talked about it too uh with Hattie mcdaniel oh yeah um gone, gone with, gone with the wind. The wind. Yeah. Yep. that was attempted to get rid of that movie that's Come it's on. not gonna happen. It's and, not gonna happen. And we talked about this too, as well. Is yes. like to still show these movies, but what was it? I think Warner Brothers they put something out. It's, yeah, the but the disclaimers. They put the disclaimer. Yeah, they put the disclaimer say, of yeah. it. Yeah, this is beforehand. We, we don't acknowledge. We don't. We don't support it. We don't do anything. About we don't support it. the values of what was before yeah. because yes, they were obviously deemed wrong. Yeah, but this was just a product of its time. That's yes. all it is. And that's all it was. Yeah. And that's one of the things like I feel like Disney really does. They don't need to even put this on Disney Plus. No, but, but at they, least acknowledge it. At least acknowledge it. Like have DVD release something. something. Acknowledge that it happened. Yes. Yeah. And acknowledge like this man worked hard yeah. on this film project and he was awarded by it and- there's so many people who are trying to erase that bit of history of yeah. his accomplishment. Yeah. Like Disney, you'll be fine. Yeah. You will be, you will no be okay. No one's blaming you now. No one's blaming you for now. what happened so many years ago. Oh my God. 2022 Disney was, was the whole uh, reason that Song of the South existed. The exact same executives, <laughs> the exact same owners, the CEOs, <laughs> those exact same ones, all those, like you're going to be fine. Yeah. You are going to be fine. It, acknowledge this man's existence. Mm-hmm. Acknowledge his accomplishment. Wow. All right. Actually, I found something new to right now. I just oh. read up right now. What? What's up? Okay. He was the very first African-American male to Oscar. Oh, sorry. Some of my words. <laughs> <laughs> yes. He was the very first African-American male t- actor to win the Academy Awards. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was the first. No, he was the last adult actor to receive the honorary Oscar for a single performance. Wow. 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 That yeah. was the most recent one? He was the very first and, and the very last. Wow, right? the very last. Yeah. Wow. wow. 
Because I know Sidney Poitier, he also won uh, a Lifetime Achievement Award from the Oscars. Oh, okay. Yes. And that yeah. one. And cool enough and also kind of sad enough is that the one that presented it to him was Denzel Washington. The, uh, guess, what? historically... He's third, right? Historically, third. Yes. Yeah, he's the third. The yeah. third black male actor to win an Academy Award 40 years That's, after uh, Sidney Poitier's Lilies of the Field. Man, it's it's... Okay, to me, it's just mind-boggling that... It's someone that's still around. Like we see this guy's movies to this day. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's still acting. Like it's not like he's like he's like eighty three. No, 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 no. This guy is like what in his sixties? No, not even. What I'm thinking. Yeah, what are you talking about? 50s. Yeah, he's, he's like not, it's he's like that mid, old. Mid fifties, right? Here, I'll look him up. Yeah, look him up. I might, I might, I might be thinking of someone else's age for some reason. <laughs> no, because earlier at work we were talking about actors. Yeah, and I, we, I might have been talking about someone else too, and we talked about a couple different ages. He was born in 1954. Yeah, so, so he's what? So let me see. Man, it's hard to tell with that man because he looks. Oh no, he's 68. Oh, yeah. he's 68 67. years old. 67. 67. Damn, I'm good. <laughs> yeah. Who man? But damn, yeah. he so looks it took all that. Look at that. A long time. Wait, that's at- what they say, man. You know, black don't crack, dude. That's yeah. Hey, man, resilience. <laughs> resilience yeah i do want to read though if i can be able to find it real quick i do want to read uh the speech that he actually kind of gave okay when he gave mm. uh do you have that right yeah i'm pulling it up right, right here and it was actually pretty cool to, to be able to mention that too mm-hmm. because if anybody was to be able to give him a, the fact that you have the second or the third black actor male actor to win an Academy Award mm-hmm. present it to the one who won it just his predecessor before him mm-hmm. that's yeah but there's something four decades that. long he yeah. said right here that while presenting it the uh, before Sydney African-American actors had to take supporting roles in a major studio films that were easy to cut out in certain parts of the country but you couldn't cut Sydney Poitier out of a Sydney Poitier picture he was the reason a movie got made, the first solo above the title African American movie star. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's true. He was yeah. the first where people were flocking just to see him. Yeah. yeah. I mean, now you even get that. Like, it's like we even get that now. Like, you see Denzel on the title, we're like, oh shit, this is going to be good. Oh, yeah. yeah. Dude, Denzel, I, mean, I mean, we talk about the, I mean, here at the house all the time. If there's a project coming out, it's like, Denzel, we're watching it. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's immediately, immediately. Have you guys seen Tragedy Macbeth? Yeah. I really want Not to watch that yet. one. Uh, I'm, I'm mentally like- <laughs> preparing for it because I know it's gonna be it's gonna be fucking good, but I know it's oh, yeah, gonna yeah, be yeah, like that's yeah, it's, it's gonna, so, yeah, Mike. I know for a fact you will truly appreciate it. All right, yeah. I'm gonna give it a watch. You definitely like, will. I'm definitely giving it a watch. I mean, honestly, like the last movie that gave me chills was Fences. Fences, dude. That Ooh, movie. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I don't think I've seen a bad performance from any version of Fences. Oh no, do I? No, no I, yeah, that's. <laughs> I feel like with Fences, it's one of those stage plays in movies. Well, I guess this is the first movie adaptation of it, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah, yes, yeah. So with the stage plays and the movie, yeah, you definitely have to choose <laughs> wisely, very yeah. wisely, yeah. on who you're going to have mm-hmm. play these roles. It, it can't just be like anybody that's coming off the street. Yeah, I mean they they're very very picky. Mm-hmm. Yes, exactly. No, okay, well, and rightfully quickly, so. Quickly, just ask. What's funny? Okay, what's good about that offenses is like uh, James Earl Jones, his version. Oh yes, James Earl Jones. Okay, okay. Even though the same thing, it's 
James Earl Jones and Denzel Washington, they both play the exact same roles. Yeah. But different types of energy. Yeah, but they're so like, it's so like, James Earl Jones comes out more as like a stern father. He, James Earl Jones is like, is like the man that's just, not only is he pissed at the world for existing the way it is, but he's also pissed that he has to take care of you because yeah. you were alive. Like you're, you're pretty much a hindrance on his life. Yeah. Mm. But it, it brings like that, just like, I guess that fatherly love behind it. It has that, you know, that compassion behind it. I don't know. Denzel Washington has like that stern, I'm sorry, like, sorry, I'm confusing, but that sternness, that, that just that, that world anger in it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like the two same roles played completely different. Yeah. But Denzel Washington, I'm sorry, but his is like way. You liked it better? Dude, that hit so hard. <laughs> that does. scene, that scene we're talking with the sun just hit hard. It does hit in a different way. But yeah, yeah I, I definitely see what you're saying where it's like it's different performances, but the way they did it, playing the same character, it's just, it's, it's incredible how well they took the same type of material and played it off differently and gave two different types of incredibly stern asshole fathers yeah <laughs> just different energy coming off from the two and it's, that's just like like i said like james old drone is just a whole nother topic on its own yes. where his just performance his career that's a type of that's a different type of drama that's a different yeah. type of drama yeah that I, is whole. i gotta different. go through his career I, i've seen that like it's so extensive yeah. it's mm-hmm. so it's extensive long. i wouldn't i wouldn't be surprised if it's just as long especially if you're if you're a black actor mm-hmm. or black actress, especially in those times, and you still were coming through the years, mm-hmm. chances are you're you're making appearances in like over 100, 200, even 300 movies. Yeah. Because you're playing a lot of those stereotypical roles. You are. Until you finally, until they're finally landed in the time of like either 40, 50, 60, mm-hmm. of finally landing somewhere mm-hmm. where your role and your appearance in that movie yeah. is pivotal. Yeah. I mean, it does really help out. Like a lot of these actors did start off in stage plays. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, so what Denzel, he started off his stage, right? Uh, yeah, I believe so. I believe so. He's Doing, uh, click on this thing. Yeah. Yeah. I think like, I'm like, I'm I like 90% say, certain. <laughs> I'm there, but not yes. 100%. Yeah. I, I want to say yes. I know he went to an acting school. Yeah, well, off Broadway. Broadway. Yep. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. He, I mean, he did start in films early on with Carbon Copy, but yeah. Oh, he, that's right. He also won. He, oh no, he's won. Oh no, never mind. Sorry, he's won two Oscars though. But he's one of the he's one of the few black actors to win multiple Oscars. What's the other one for? The one was supporting role in Glory. Oh, oh how can I forget Glory? Yeah. Jesus Christ, oh, Glory, man. That was that his was, first. That win. was a movie where I think I've been. Forced to see probably the most throughout my life, Glory. But you know, I'm not I, mad about I'm it. I'm not mad about it. I'm absolutely not mad about yeah, it. Am I? Uh, it dude, like, I was. I saw that movie on like HBO or something like that as a kid. Yeah. Are you talking about the whipping scene? No, no, no. I like from the beginning to end, dude. I was okay. like, as a kid, enthralled. And just and keep in mind, I was a kid with ADHD, <laughs> dude. And I just sat there and just like. Man, I was just blown away by the entire thing. Yeah. yeah, I remember like watching it in school too when they'll put it on and the teacher is like, all right, like we got to warn you. There's some like violence and stuff and some subject material that's, you know, a little sensitive, but this is also like a history stuff. So I don't want any talking or anyone, you know, having disruptions, you know, you have to watch this and do your assignment. The entire class was silent watching this movie. There's no way you can talk. <laughs> if you're talking, then someone's an asshole. Yeah. Yeah. And like everyone was into it. Dude, I mean that 
story writing acting dude i mean that's just overall everything, everything. was solid yeah at just, the very end the very end even though even though they never took that fort mm-hmm. the airy ending where it shows all the bodies being dumped where it was confederate or union white or black everyone ended in the same place mm-hmm. and it was like in you may live in a certain degree of hate towards one another because of what you're seeing on the outside but in the end we're all returning to the dirt yeah and in that ditch of dead corpses everyone was the same mm-hmm. and i was like yep. shit yeah that hatred you carried didn't mean nothing man nothing man yep. so it's like why just let it go <laughs> So I'm like, fuck. Such a great film. But this is kind of funny because like this, this is even branched out past just even like actors now. So that we even get like high paid, high performing filmmakers too. Yes. I've noticed that we've, uh, we've definitely grew to the point to where it's now it's just not the actors themselves Mm -hmm. that are breaking walls, Mm -hmm. but now you have, because these actors and, and writers, now you have directors having the chance now. To have like full movie budget movies. Yeah. And this even goes all the way back to like the 70s. Like how do you guys feel about like Spike Lee films? Okay. I I like most of his movies. Mm -hmm. I think honestly they're great. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm a fan of him. I I mean though I'm aware that sometimes it does get a little bit repetitive at times. Oh yeah. Definitely. Mm -hmm. Um, But I mean honestly I mean compared to okay back when like when you first start not when you first started but I guess the films in the 80s Mm -hmm. he was doing those. Uh, solid. I would say solid. Solid, solid work. Solid mm-hmm. work. Uh, a little bit repetitive after that. I'll say that. <laughs> I would. I would say. Uh, oh no! But one thing about his career is there's always surprises. Oh yeah, yeah. There's Absolutely. always surprises. With Absolutely. His career. Like uh, I, I recently found out he was tied into uh, the kids show. Uh, uh, where in world is Carmen San Diego? Really? 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 But, yeah, he's tied into like through uh, through the musical group. That was in there. Oh, shit. I did not know that. Damn. All right, Spike. <laughs> his, like his, okay. like, his career is when I was like, you just find stuff. Like, what the hell? He's definitely a director that's, uh, he's placed his hand in many, many jars. Yeah. Oh, yes. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, to branch out any way IMDb. he could. It already has like 129 directorials, 87 producing credits, mm-hmm. 26 writing credits. Yeah. Like, it's insane. He has a lot, of, but he's been around for quite some time. Yes. Yeah, he's definitely, and he definitely gives a new, he definitely gives a look, mm-hmm. a certain look into the life aspect of, of a black person, mm-hmm. but not from like the type of ones that you would normally see, like say like, Oh, there you go. Oh yeah. Oh, I forgot we had this yeah. little, yeah. The little Spike Lee, uh, pop. Hey, Dude, of all the directors, turn, turn I the wanted that one. Yeah. I, there was multiple it. directors on that thing, and that's the one I wanted. Because that's how much I respect this dude. Oh, my God. Look at that thing. That's great. Here, Adrian, hold that up next to you so that way it's in focus. Yeah. Right there. To the other side. Look at that thing. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> but I mean, besides for, like, Spike Lee, can you guys think of, like, other, like, older generation filmmakers who are, like, directorials, like, producers? Mm, let me think. Adrian, you got anybody in that lineup? Yes, I actually had. Oh my god, I, my god, I forget his name. Uh, Duke. Oh man, his name is Duke, not Duke Ellington. I don't mind thinking that. Duke. Yeah. Oh, Bill Duke. That's there what I'm thinking. Bill Duke. Yes. 
Because I watched. Oh, the- fucking Bill Duke from Predator. Yes. Oh uh, shit. Yeah. 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 He's been in. He's been in Hollywood god for a while. Damn it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Oh my god. How can I forget about him? Oh yeah. man. Why has he done? Mike. You know. I don't know. I feel like he. He's recognizable. No, he's directed. Um, let's see. Man, oh wow. Like Sixty-three. Yeah. Directorials. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like it's one of those things like I've seen his films probably mm-hmm. and I just didn't even know that was him. Yeah. The Killing Floor? Yep. Okay. Yep. He did The Killing Floor? Yep. Deep Cover? Yeah. Oh, shit. oh Deep, Deep Cover. Cover. He did. Deep Cover. Yep. I did not know that. Sister Act 2. <laughs> really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Oh, man. I did not know that. So he definitely has made a a footprint. Mm, yes. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Wow. See, I, I did not it. know that. Neither it's does. kind of funny too, because a lot of those people from Predator did become filmmakers and producers and directors themselves. Yeah. yeah. Like even like Shane Black. Like that's kind of funny. Yeah. But I mean that that comes to show you that, you know, that unfortunately like a lot of, you know, black directors, black writers don't get they, the credit that they They don't. They yeah. yeah. They don't. Because like like us, we're like we're finding out like, oh, they did this, they did that. I'm like, yeah. But they've been there since nineteen eighty four. Yeah, they've been there for a while. But I mean I like now black filmmakers and writers are finally getting recognized and yeah. known for mm-hmm. their actual productions and their creativity. Yeah. So yeah. I got a list of like actual more modern filmmakers, black yeah. filmmakers that like not only are they just making films now, but these are also guys that we should be looking out for in the future because a lot of this stuff is either they're just starting off or they've been around for a bit, but they're now starting to get into like the huge limelight of like massive motion production films. Yeah. So like first I want to go over is with Ryan Coogler. Ooh, yeah. Easy mm-hmm. one. We've seen it with Black Panther. He's most famous one. But have you guys seen like Fruitvale Station? Yes. I remember Based seeing, off a true story. I've ever seen yes, that as I, one okay, of I like. See, uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yes. I have. Yes. George, I remember seeing that as a. Michael B. Jordan's like one of his first appearances or his adult appearances. Yeah. 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 It's that's, that's a, a heavy one. That's yes. a heavy movie. That is a yes. heavy movie. But this is type of like films where he transitioned from doing a very small independent indie work and then immediately went into Creed. And then right after that immediately went into Black Panther. Wow. wow. Yeah. So he, he was his directile uh, style mm-hmm. as well as his capability to direct and set up a story mm-hmm. was definitely noticed and was just given Creed. Absolutely. Yeah. And I love and Creed, I actually I really enjoyed Creed because it wasn't like your typical Rocky movie. Yeah. No, it was it was more on the dramatic side mm-hmm. that yeah. I didn't really get to see as much. It focused a lot more on those, you know, human connections and yes. between the characters. Yes. Then rather than all right, let's get some boxing, let's get a fighting montage in there and just call it a day. Yes. Yeah. What I didn't notice is that he also did uh uh Judas and the Black Messiah. Well, he was a producer. producer. For okay. Judas and Black. So that is another one, which it was the person's first directorial for like an actual major motion picture was Shaka wow. King. My yeah. guy, Shaka. Look wow. at that crazy hair. Fucking A, Shaka King. <laughs> Trying to get, you know, that, um, what's his name? Musician. Oh, he's oh, the try- Weekend hair. I was like, yes. The week- <laughs> yes. I looked like a, a cross between uh, The Weekend and uh, fucking Killmonger. Yeah. <laughs> so he's done like small shorts and then he's done like, various episodes for like TV shows, but his actual major like film breakout his, film his breakout film was Judas and the Black Messiah. Wow. Have you seen that one, Adrian? 
Actually, that was on my top list of watch. It's, yeah, it's, it's good. It's good. It's so and I really good. wanted to watch them so damn bad. It's so good. So this is someone where I'll definitely say look out in the future because definitely the way he directed and his stylization for his films, it's, it's incredible. Would you it's, say that these two directors in themselves don't necessarily focus entirely around a black subject or do they have the capability to be able to branch out from that? Ryan Coogler... Or do, absolutely do you think, shows he can break out from that subject. Or do you think that they would be best in this type of aspect to show more uh, stories black related? Just, no, I think they should just show more stories in general. Okay. So I this is where I like where it's, yeah, it a lot of black filmmakers are still tied to being stuck to only producing black stories or black subject matters. Yeah. But we're slowly, slowly starting to get out of that and branching it out to a wider brand of audience members. Mm -hmm. One person specifically is really helping with this is, of course, Jordan Peele. Yes. With his, you know, very stylized stylized versions of of like horror. horror Yeah. Yeah. And suspense. So and that is films where it still has a lot of black actors and actresses. It has a lot of black subject material. But you get such a wide range of audience members going to these movies to see the, to see his yeah. films. And I mean, think about how many people were talking about just get out. Oh my God. Yeah. Or us like yeah. people were just raving about this or even with the newest release trailer for Nope, people have been talking about that. Yeah. I think as well, it's because he has a very, uh, he has a very, broad way of how to do symbolism mm-hmm. with yeah. his with his suspense and horrors mm-hmm. that almost kind of go over people's heads yeah until like either they see it like a second third time and then they start to kind of make a little like connection in mm-hmm. between the two and it's not like the in your face mm-hmm. like hey like here's a black related issue mm-hmm. i'm gonna shove it right there but like he makes That's- it known but, but he also, puts it through undertones. But he puts yeah. it through undertones. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Which, uh, uh, if you go back and rewatch like Key and Peele, mm-hmm. you find a lot of it. In oh that. yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. You can see that. I mean, I grew up watching like on Mad TV. Yeah. yeah. But you could see like from back then to like now, yeah. how like he he pretty much like he they keep an undertone. Yeah. Of mm-hmm. the issue. Yeah. The way they describe it, they punch up at the issue. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. they they don't beat it in your face and make you feel like shit, but rather. Here is the issue. We're just poking fun. Yeah. Yeah. We're just going to poke fun at the actual subject, mm-hmm. but still letting you know, like, it's yeah, it's not this like exists. blaming. It's not like, hey, this is someone's fault for how things are. It's yeah. just basically pointing out, like, here are issues or here are stereotypes that are just out playing in the world that we're just playing on it. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And they're just presented it as how, you know, it's been told to them and how the world sees it. Mm-hmm. Which that's why I always enjoy those. I enjoy that type of and like if we really have something that's kind of like a little too preachy, at least don't have something where the message is not going to irritate the shit out of everyone. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> where it's like the message that you already know, uh-huh. like you've already guessed what the message is, mm-hmm. and you're just pretty much sitting through like an hour and a half of just like hearing the same message. Yeah, exactly. Like it's just being Unfortunately, like, like to deal with the early football films. Yeah. Oh my God. The early 2000 football film, or any sport film. Yeah, 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 yeah. Any, sport films. any sports film. Yeah. You're any black, sp- I'm white. Yeah. You know, this we is, can work through the problem. Yeah. We can work through the problem. <laughs> or like any uh, period piece, like in the 60s, 
of like any athlete that are like traveling ball, mm-hmm. traveling football, basketball. It's yeah. like, oh, we got to stay in this hotel. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, we don't allow them in our building. Mm-hmm. And then you got to go through the back. And it's always like the same thing. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, and then there's going to be a scene about the letters. Where's the threatening letters? <laughs> oh, there they are. Yeah. Uh, where's the scene where like the one teammate that hated him in the beginning is now his best friend. And it gets repetitive. Yeah. And like, yeah. Oh, there it is right there. Yeah. Oh, get- where, where's the scene where it's like, oh, man, they're down and out. But just when you <laughs> think that or just when you think that they're done. All of a sudden, <laughs> something bands together. It's like, hey, yeah. we can rise through anything, <laughs> yes. even through subjugation. Mm-hmm. We can see through skin color mm-hmm. where we can see each other as a team. And then they come back and they win. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's, it's nice to see, like they said, those it's, changes. You like yeah. to see changes and get away from the repetition to see yeah. something new and yes. fresh. But it is interesting, and I do want to see more for like actual like producers and other departments besides for just you know being filmmakers and actors. Like I'm glad we're finally just getting past just for black people only being stuck as actors. Yeah. Yes. And they're moving past into other departments. Yeah. They're the they're starting industry. to yeah. be yeah they're starting to uh, they're starting to actually branch into mm-hmm. uh, leadership roles. Yeah. Yes. When it comes to movie making Mm -hmm. it's like not just like the acting and maybe like the directing but also the producers you also have uh script writers as well that are handling it you also have like uh, casting directors as well Mm -hmm. people that are actually like the uh like the nervous system yeah of how to of making a movie yeah they're actually a part of it yeah yeah and not just like auditioning for it exactly yeah yeah i mean also looking past the whole fact of calling them the black director, a black writer. Yeah, I'm glad that's like it's it's, it's now they're just it's, yeah they're writers. just American filmmakers. They're just yeah. finally we're getting to the point where it's just like it's no longer a black American filmmaker or a black filmmaker. It's just an American filmmaker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's where you know that's where I'm glad that we're heading. Lock, you know, we are getting there. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, we're not 100 there, but we are more. It's working. Know, yeah, we're there. We're we're almost there. Uh, you know, we're no longer you know acknowledging that there's a diverse cast. There's mm-hmm. uh. You know, an all black cast. cast. It's just the mm-hmm. cast. It's yeah. just yeah. all that's, it is. That's all it is. And that's where I'm really finally enjoying that we're getting yeah. to that point in the film industry yeah. where we can, and it's just better for everyone. When you get more subject material, more stories to talk about. Yeah. So you get, just, you know, if you get a, a person, you know, from all different backgrounds, mm-hmm. different areas where they grew up from, you get so many good stories out of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Different how it's told makes a big difference. Seriously. Well, I think that's going to be a closer for tonight's, you know, episode. Yeah. We want to thank li- everyone for listening to tonight's podcast. I'm curious on your thoughts on tonight's topics. Are there any black film workers you could think of that have inspired you? Or is there any type of like black films that are your favorite that you just want to talk about? You can leave a comment below if you're watching this on our Next Journey YouTube channel. If not, we'll be putting it up on an open forum on our website at www.nextjourneypro.com forward slash redbandpodcast for our listeners to discuss episode topics and various other film related news. We're having a little change up for now on. We are actually going to be putting episodes out every Monday instead of Fridays now. Yes. Yes. So for our audio listeners, you can find the Red Band Podcast on iTunes, Amazon Music, Spotify, and of course our website, which I'll say again, www.nextjourneypro.com forward slash Red Band Podcast. 
And right before we leave, as usual, Michael has some endnotes for you guys. Yes, as Anthony described all where you can be able to hear us, you can also be able to see us on the YouTube channel that we also have at Next Journey Productions, also just called Next Journey Pro. We'll leave the link down below. Or if you want to be able to watch the live version of this podcast, uh, leave a subscription or please subscribe to the to the channel uh, if you want to leave a like leave a comment even share it with one of your friends that'd be awesome even down in the comments if you want to mention any subjects that you think that we should uh cover or any subjects in the future that you think we should probably prepare for let us know also we have a patreon account as well if you'd like to go down over there to subscribe for one of our subscriptions that would be fantastic uh, we have different uh, subscriptions to subscribe to. Each one's offering different incentives. Uh, maybe you get a handwritten letter from us. Maybe you get even a cool uh, signed photograph or even uh, have the ability to whisper in our ear and actually let us know the topic that you personally think that we should cover. So instead of just leaving that comment down below on the YouTube, subscribe, and then make sure that you can actually get your word out to us to what you think we should cover. So consider those two options, subscribing to both YouTube and our Patreon. And... Hope to see more of you. All right, everyone. You heard it from Mike. Please like and subscribe, and we'll see you next time. Later, taters. We got to work on a better sign-off for you, Adrian. (laughs) No, later, taters is stuck. (laughs)